Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your host, two-time world champion, Andy Groneman and friends, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, where we try and up your barbecue game with help from leaders in the barbecue world. I'm your host, Andy G, along with executive producer T-Bone and my co-host, whose barbecue stories are almost as juicy as the pulled pork and his award-winning nachos, Todd Johns. Hey, that's me. Well, I got some great stories, man. You always have good stories. We are excited for our guest today. He is out tearing up the competition barbecue circuit. Three of the last four weeks, he's been on the road, and there's no end in sight. His team, Wolf's Revenge Barbecue, has been the Mid-Atlantic Team of the Year for the last six consecutive years. Crazy. So, Childs Cridlin is joining us today. And in our fourth segment, we're going to talk with Todd about mops, bastes, and sprays in your barbecue. So... It's gonna. We're gonna get into all of the different things you can do to help enhance the meat in the cooker. But speaking of being on the road, Todd just recently got back from a pretty cool event up in Iowa. What were you doing up there? Yep. So I'm originally from Northwest Iowa, a little farm town called Peterson, Iowa. About 350 people, and I think that may include some livestock. (laughs) Um, But it's it's. I was the fifth or maybe sixth generation to live there, and so it's lot lots and lots of family roots, and so. I've been wanting to do like come back and give back to the community and do a charity kind of cook or a fundraising cook. And so I got to do that last year for the first time um, and went up there and they had a little wine festival where like regional wine growers and whatnot. We raised for this little town ten thousand dollars on Which that. That's a uh, big deal. It's a huge deal for them. You know, it's 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 one of those communities where the same ten people are doing everything. And so came back this year, and they do this antique tractor ride through the countryside. It's like this twenty five mile ride through the countryside. And what and do they call it? The name's it's great. called Patoot Peterson <laughs> Annual Tour of uh, something on on tra- tractors on tractors. Yeah, yeah on old or tractors. Tra- yeah. yeah. So it's called Patoot. And uh, so it was a ton of fun and went up there this uh, this last week. And did and you get did to that. drive one of the tractors? I did not. They, oh. they were going to. I was too busy cooking, but I did go out for a little a little while on a side by side. But I learned I learned a skill that I'm going to teach you. OK, so I'm ready. Yeah. So um, Iowa is known for a good educational system. Right. So I learned a trick to name the capital of any state in the in the uh, country. Oh, really? Yep. So you can test me. Name a state, and I will name the capital of that state. West Virginia. Uh, WV. Oh, you're the initials, not the... Ca- it's a joke, Andy. I Come get on. it. Come on. Do you, do you really do. get capitals. it? Capitals, yes. I uh, get it now. The capitals. And you know what? I knew you were going to do West Virginia, too, because it's two letters, so it doesn't <laughs> like roll as well. But anyway... All right. Well, that was a big flop. Sorry, T-Bone. That was a, that was a, oh, how about Colorado? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, I was trying to give you an opportunity to make it funnier. No. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's it. I quit. I quit. Wow. wow. 
Well, cool time in Iowa. That's awesome. Yeah, no, but it, it was it was fun, and, and and you did you got to do fundraising this year as well. Yeah, so yeah. not only were you up there for that event, but yeah, we the fundraised at the fundraised. event. Yeah, so, so so it's always cool, and they they love when I come back and cook because you know I wasn't doing any of this stuff, and really for me getting into barbecue, a lot of it does have roots from my hometown, and and you know my grandmother teaching me how to cook and whatnot. So well, sure, and and. Plowboys barbecue. Yeah, I mean, literally Iowa Plowboys. That's so right. That's right. It's uh, it it is cool to get to go back home. I mean, for me to do that, I just literally have to, you know, cross the county line over into the wind Yeah, county, I have so. to drag a smoker six hours, but it's all right. <laughs> so, it's now time for our Ask Andy segment, which is brought to you this month by Smoke on Wheels Barbecue Marinade, which of course you can get at All Things Barbecue over at atbbq.com. and don't forget. You can get yourself a Barbecue Radio Network t-shirt if we use your question on the air. So you can drop a question to T-Bone through the website, through the Facebook page, leave a question, get a t-shirt. Hopefully you don't need a a barbecue medium because I guess we're having trouble getting three X's, but... We're going to get them. And and when I do, I'm going to order a bunch of them so that we don't have to worry about it. Seven or maybe even eight. (laughs) (laughs) So, so who do you have for us, T-Bone? Teresa Miller from Lancaster, Ohio. All right. And I, I, yes, sir. You I've know been to place? Lancaster, Ohio. Oh. Yeah. What's in Lancaster? It is Amish Teresa. country. And Teresa. Yes. Well, but obviously Teresa's in Lancaster. Yeah. Amish mm-hmm. country. Huh? Mm-hmm. All right. I've not been there, so I don't, that's a place I haven't been. This is funny because uh, last week we were talking about electric smokers. Yes. And I, and I knew this question was coming. And and I really, really wanted to ask it, but I had to save it for this week for Teresa. There we go. Water pans. When and where should you use them? Now, I would add, what proteins need a pan of water more than others? So, in general... Um if you have an electric would, smoker, <laughs> and this is this is great timing because we're going to talk about mopping and basting and sprays and when to use those, which is essentially another way of adding moisture to your cooker. A water pan is another way to do that. I don't run a water pan in any of my cookers because the the cooking process itself releases moisture and the wood is releasing moisture as it burns. So in very specific situations if I'm worried about scorching a sensitive piece of meat or something like that like a maybe a a fillet of fish that i don't want to crumble or something i might put a water pan underneath it to protect it but in general i unless you're using gas or electric a water pan to me isn't a necessity because i would rather mop baste or spray my barbecue to add flavor while i'm adding the moisture but todd i mean what's your well, I think there's two reasons you would use. Well, first of all, excuse me. I'm going to explain the concept of the water pan. Yeah. So you're going to take, uh, you know, an aluminum pan, a metal pan, and put it in the smoker, uh, usually above the fire if it's a kind of a vertical live fire situation. Um, but you're going to put it underneath the rack uh where the whatever your cooking's at and fill it full of water and so it really serves two purposes or it can uh serve two purposes one as andy talked about will put moisture into the environment and make a more humid environment and uh barbecue the the cooking environment's looking for moisture 
And so the more arid that environment, the more it's going to pull it out of the product, the more humid the environment, the more it's going to stay in the product. So it's going to stay in that pork butt or that brisket. The other use of a water pan is a heat deflector or diffuser. So if you think about the Weber uh, bullets. Yeah, like a Smoky Mountain, a Weber a Smoky, Smoky Mountain. Mountain. They have a bowl that sits uh, a level above the fire, and you would put water in that, and it helps diffuse that heat and even it out so you don't have hot spots. But you don't have to use water. You could put sand in it. it at that point, you're using it to, def- to deflect and dampen and even out the heat versus adding moisture. Yeah, so if you, and I've seen a lot of people do that. They'll just put. F- uh, foil in it and then put sand in it or fire brick uh, the one other thing though about your second point there on the water is if you've got a cooker that tends to run hot once that water starts to steam it's actually going to bring that chamber temperature down a little bit because it's absorbing all of that heat and water boils at 212 so you're actually using the energy to go from liquid to gas yeah and some cookers are designed to run with water like a mix-in cooker well That is a great question. I think we probably got you all answered there, Teresa. So we will get a T-shirt headed your way to Lancaster. Uh, Next segment, we're going to be talking with Childs Cridlin of Wolf's Revenge Barbecue. Uh, He is out tearing it up on the barbecue circuit. He's won, you know, 50 grand championships and reserve grand championships. Phenomenal cook out there. And we're going to pick his brain on chicken and talk a little bit about competition cooking and getting into that. So you can follow him on his Instagram at Childs Cridlin and check out his website, Wolf's Revenge Barbecue. Coming up, it's Childs Cridlin right here on Barbecue Radio Network. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build the grill. Welcome back to the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Andy G, along with executive producer T-Bone and my co-host, Plowboy's own Todd Johns. And I'm excited to share our guest with you this week. He is out tearing it up on the competition barbecue circuit, literally, I think, three of the last four weeks. Uh, he's been out on the road with no end in sight. He's got over 50 reserve and grand championships under his belt. His team, Wolf's Revenge Barbecue, is the Mid-Atlantic Barbecue Team of the Year for the last six consecutive years. So we're going to steal all his poultry secrets today. But, Childs Cridlin, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and thanks for doing a uh, little background check on me. I think it's important you should qualify your guests. You never know when uh, somebody might try to sneak in that doesn't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Well, we know you do, but before we dive into talking chicken, you've got all kinds of cool stuff going on, and I just wanted to take a little dip into the contest side of your cooking. So you actually, a couple of weeks ago, GC'd the Almost Heaven Barbecue Contest out in West Virginia, and that is an automatic to get into the Jack Daniels World Invitational. Can you 
explain to everybody what that means because that is a big deal at least to guys like me that used to have to try and hunt contests uh for the jack all year I, I i can't think of anybody that it would not be a big deal for that's in competition barbecue so to qualify for the jack you need to uh get seven contests you need to gc seven contests if you look over my 250 plus contest career I've only gotten, you know, close to 30 GCs that would have qualified for the Jack in my entire career. Okay. To get seven of them in one year, that only gives you, that, that gives you an automatic, okay, to get into the Jack. Now, there's another way to get in. Uh, if you are uh, your home team state, for example, uh, they do not have anybody from the Jack and you did win a GC, you go into a drawing. Uh, they actually take a bung from a barrel, they put your team name on it, uh, they put it in there in a paper bag, and you might get a home state draw, uh, or you might get a draw from one of the contests. One of my won. draws was so a home state draw. <clears throat> I've, I've gotten the home state draw before, been lucky to get in that way. Uh, so you can win seven contests and you're an auto. Uh, you can get a draw from either a contest you won or you want a GC and you can represent your state, but it's still a drawing. Or if a state only has one contest, uh, West Virginia, um, maybe Maryland this year. I don't know if Maryland's got more than one. No, they've got more than one. Um, I think South Carolina's only got one this year. Nevada uh, usually only has one. Yep. Uh, uh, Maine, uh, you know, the, the Rhode Island, those states uh, that only have one contest, if you win the GC, it's considered an auto. Uh, Ohio only had one this year, uh, one qualifier. Uh, and uh, that team went from their average uh, 24, 25 contests. She, uh, had, the organizer had over 40 in a span of the, la the last three weeks of uh, registration for that contest. It drags in people from all over the country because all you got to do is win that one contest and you get to go to the jack. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. So you got that for West Virginia, so you're locked and loaded. So you're going to the Jack this year, and that, that's what they that's what they tell me. I mean, you know, you uh, until you actually see it published up on the uh, website, you you know, I, I did get a phone call uh, saying that uh, it's extremely promising. Uh, yeah, you go, you can go ahead and tell people. They gave me permission to go ahead and tell people and to be excited about it. Yeah, that's uh, but, awesome. You know, <clears throat> uh, and, so anyway. And you got 38 comps on the calendar this year. You're out just pounding the pavement. What For somebody that might be interested in dipping their toe into the water and contest cooking, what's kind of the best way to go about that? Uh, if you've seen any of the things that are on TV, uh, like Barbecue USA has got something running right now. There's Barbecue Across uh, America. Uh, these contests, uh, there are you know 400 or plus more KCBS contests across the United States. The most economical way to get into this, if you're curious about what's going on and just how good the barbecue is, become a KCBS barbecue judge. The, uh, the classes are not expensive. It is a one-day training class uh, that you attend. You get your certificate afterwards. Uh, and then you start looking for a contest uh, that uh, interests you and that you sign up for. Some contests uh, sign up or fill up pretty quick. Uh, right now, uh, there are contests out there that are looking for judges uh, because it just depends on the area you're in. But most contests, I know they've got teams signing up at the last minute, so they're always looking for judges at the last minute. But there's no charge to judge a contest. Uh, KCBS membership, I think, currently is forty-five dollars. The judging class, uh, hundred. I don't quote me on that. Uh, I um, don't know what the price is, but it's not expensive comparatively to anything else in barbecue. Then you go and you get to sit down, <clears throat> give the oath, 
and you get some of the most amazing barbecue uh, that uh, come that can come across your plate. The best cook teams in America are traveling all over the place now looking for contests to get their seven in for the Jack, their wins. Uh, in D.C. this weekend, we had uh, teams from Colorado and from Oklahoma uh, coming out there. So you get some really good representation of Kansas City barbecue-style food. And what I the first time I sat down and judged, and I was nervous, I didn't know how it was going to be, and I tasted something that I liked, and I looked at the judge across from me, and he had that master badge on that, you know, you could tell yep. that he's been judging half his life. And uh, after he was done tasting uh, or uh, sampling all the food, that's right, where do you sampling uh, all the entries, I watched him go back and take the rib that I liked the best, and he ate the whole thing. And uh, so uh, you, you don't go. have to say anything. Sometimes you can just look at the person in front of you, and you can watch what they're eating and get a pretty good idea. Of, you know, if he's going to go back for a second bite of that rib, it must be worth it. And for everybody that's listening, KCBS is the Kansas City Barbecue Society, and it, it is really kind of the foremost educational forum on barbecue they also sanction events all over the country and all over, globe. The, all over the world yeah all over the world and uh does kcbs have any online training for judges i know at one point they'd had some classes that you could take as re-up or anything like that too <clears throat> Uh, we have a, we have a continuing education class uh, that is specific for judges that might have sat out during COVID years and are just getting back in. Rather than having to find a class to uh, pay for or audit, uh, you can just go uh, take the continuing education and you're covered to get right back in the seat. So it's not online for a first time because for a first time judge, uh, we actually have teams cook food for you uh, so you can share the judging experience in the class and it's hands-on, uh, mouth-in, uh, all-in uh, for an educational experience. Yeah, and once, you, once you've got that certification, really judging is the best way to get that first round of knowledge because number one, the teams that are out at the contests are all friendly. Uh, you're going to go out there, you're going to have your judging badge on. If you go talk to a team on a Friday night before everything is rolling, you know, they're going to share some information. Hey, here's the type of cooker we cook on, maybe what they're doing. And then when you eat that food the next day that comes in and it's blind judging, so you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody knowing whose food that's coming in front of you, uh, you're going to get to try all of that and immediately get an idea of what's supposed to be coming in. You see what the box presentation is. You get an idea of the flavor profiles. It really is the cheapest way to take a dive in. It, it absolutely is. Uh, <clears throat> it need to see some of the trends that come around, uh, but the food, uh, you, you can imagine uh, uh, how magnificent with what teams go to put in to produce the perfect food because they know they only have one bite to impress you unless you're really hungry enough to go back for a second or a third. But yep, uh, it, it is. It's a one bite game. And of course, we're talking with Charles Cridlin. Check out his website at wolfsrevengebbq.com. You can follow him on Instagram with the handle at Childs Cridlin. And when we come back, we're going to be picking his brain on smoking and grilling chicken. We're going to figure all of that out next. Talking more with Childs right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com.
Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network with my co-host Pitmaster Todd Johns and our executive producer T-Bone and I'm Andy G. We are back talking with Charles Cridlin, owner and pitmaster of Wolf's Revenge Barbecue. And as we talked about last segment, he's out tearing up the barbecue circuit, but he's also a great instructor and an ambassador of barbecue while he's out there. He's a KCBS board member is active on some of the committees and so in addition to cooking he's also out there spreading the barbecue love so welcome back Childs. thank you for having me that's <laughs> it's great so let's talk turkey about chicken <laughs> yeah you like that todd no okay Not it was a all. bad joke yeah. okay dad joke number one for today it failed yeah. but you you know you've scored well in chicken historically but Let's like jump in. What are your favorite methods and cooking styles, temps? Like, let's help us with the backyarders and the tips that they need. Uh, probably, you know, with all of the information you've learned as a comp cook, like what makes your backyard cook better? Well, let's start off with the fact that I practice cook almost every single week. And uh, you think that cooking out on the circuit that I would get enough of it. Um, but what happens is, is I'll buy 20 chicken thighs and I will trim and t- take the best 12 to take to a competition. That leaves me with six left over. And how I grew up, we don't like to waste anything. So if I've got a new rub or an injection or just an idea or something like that that I've wanted to try, or sometimes I just want to make sure that I nail my cooking times down, you don't always need to go out and fire your big jambo up or your rotisserie or whatever, uh, whether it's a drum or honestly, you know, uh, uh, you know whatever you have to cook on. Okay. I don't care if it's a flower pot with coals in it and you put a grate on top of it. Uh, I'm going to have six turkey or six chicken thighs left over. I'm going to rub them. Uh, I'm going to put them in a a pan with some butter and I'm going to braise them for a little bit. Uh, One of the things that I found that leads to really juicy tender chicken is that uh, within about 45 minutes of the cook, I like to cook about 300 degrees, not too hot, okay? Uh, I like to get a little smoke on it because I really like that flavor, uh, but I will foil the pan to uh, keep that moisture in there, to keep those uh, chickens from uh, evaporating uh, moisture as they're cooking. And you go into kind of a, a braising mode. Now, you you can take a chicken pretty high when you do that. My finishing temperature on my chicken thighs uh, is between 195 and 200 degrees. And the bite that you can get if you uh, braise during the second half of the cook, uh, it's, it's velvety. You know, the skins bite through. Uh, but after I'm done cooking it, after we're done braising it, we're not done yet. Okay, wait, there's more. So then we'll pull it out. We'll dip it in the sauce. Uh, it's a good idea, by the way, if you've ever wondered why, uh, you know, your sauce doesn't look nice and even on the chicken. Uh, when I pull it out of the pan, I make sure the exterior surface is dry. Sometimes I'll put it, you know, I'll take it out of the pan and I'll put it on the grate and shut the smoker and let it sit in that 300 degrees for about three minutes to dry off the outside of that skin. That way, when I dip it in the sauce, the sauce goes on nice and even. There's not the, the natural oils or the extra moisture on the outside uh, that's going to cause the sauce to glob in some places and just roll off in the others. Are you thinning uh, that sauce at all? With. No, I used to, I used to thin my sauce uh, with a little bit of apple juice. Uh, found out that I like to put it on nice and thick because I'm going to put it back in the smoker one more time. Uh, and uh, you know, especially in the smoker, if I've got uh, coals rolling, I'm going to throw a few wood chips on there. Not wet wood chips, just a maybe three or four quarter size uh, hickory chunks, whatever you know, just small chips 
to create a flare up to create dirty smoke. Okay. Now, I mean, nobody likes to hear dirty smoke when you talk barbecue. Uh, but if you do that after the sauce goes on while, you know, before it gets tacky and introduce some of that smoke and let it roll and coat across the top of it, the first thing you're going to bite into is you're going to get a hint of smoke. Then you're going to get the sweet from the sauce. Then you're going to get the taste of the chicken. And as you're chewing that, you're going to get the heat from your rubs that uh, kind of finishes uh, your swallowing. And uh, what, what a great way to finish before you pick up your frosty beverage and wash it down. That dirty smoke is a cool idea. I, I wouldn't have really thought of it that way, but you're right. You're going to, it's not a lot. You're not cooking in that kind of dirty smoke environment the whole time, but it is going to be something that gives you a note right there at the first bite. I think that's a cool tip. Yeah. It's like another layer of seasoning, essentially. You're yeah. taking that hit of quick smoke and, and you mentioned hickory, which again, a hickory is a, a denser wood. It's going to have more of that smoke. Uh, and so, and, uh, and be more pronounced so that that sauce grabs that and it does it just becomes another layer of seasoning in that bite to give you the smoke first before you get to it in the chicken w- that you were smoking for 45 minutes prior it gives you that first little hit to say hey this is barbecue yeah because it's all about the balance of all that and how it all melds together yeah that's a great tip uh, you know, when, when we do this, when we're throwing the smoke, we're also doing it right over hot coals. We keep a separate Rambler grill, the Oklahoma Joe's Rambler, because it just it's easy. Uh, get the hot. The, we want that thing to be about 450 degrees. So there's another thing we're getting besides the smoke from those uh, chips that are rolling. We're also getting uh, the sauce is caramelizing on the bottom. And when you start smelling that sauce, the sugars that are caramelizing, the first thing that comes to you is dad cooking on the Weber in the backyard. OK, oh, yeah. uh, you, you there there is a very distinct taste and flavor. You know, you get those almost charred grill marks. You don't want to push it too far because you don't want to make it bitter. OK, uh, but uh, and, and that's how we tell when it's time to take it off. I mean, it usually at, at 450 degrees, it's usually no more than 30 to 45 seconds uh, that it's in there for that finish. Uh, but it's setting the sauce, it's getting the smoke, it's creating that caramelization of the sauce that's on the bottom, uh, and we're just building flavor for that uh, to uh, take that bite. And this isn't a competition thing. This is something that everyone can do, this grilling and cooking at home. Uh, you know, take the chicken off, put it in the sauce. Don't start saucing it while it's still on the grill, okay? Let it finish and let it rest for a little bit. Uh, before you dip it in the sauce and then put it back on for the finish with a few chips in there uh, and, and go by your nose. Let your nose tell you as soon as it doesn't start to smell like your dad's backyard barbecue anymore, it's time to take it off and serve it. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Growing up in Iowa, that's what we thought barbecue was, was dad burning sauce on the Weber kettle grill and it smelled like burnt sugar and lighter fluid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot of times it was pork steaks, right? Because they're just throwing sauce all over the pork steaks with the lid off the grill and just yeah it was that that saucy you know had too many beers type of smelling style <laughs> but that's you bring up a great point Childs, and that is like food is is visceral it memories tie to flavors and scents and so that that kiss of smoke and caramelization on the sauce does bring back uh, good memories and then all of a sudden the flavors actually from those become part of what you're eating it, it it's a it is a big deal to actually kind of create that and you can do that at home all the time yeah and they, like i said that's 
Every weekend, uh, we've got 25 that we're going to buy. We're going to take the best 12 to the competition. Uh, but on Thursday, before packing the trailer, while I'm making my sauces and injections, that's what I'm doing. I take those six chicken thighs and uh, I'm going to cook them. Um, I'm going to probably serve them over rice. I don't know. I've been on, on a rice kick uh, lately, but I'll just put a bowl of rice down and uh, take the au jus, if you will, out of the bottom of the braising pan. It's got some of that butter in there. Pour that over top of the rice, drop the chicken thighs over top of it. Uh, and uh, that's my Thursday night meal. Yeah. So quickly, we've been talking about thighs and obviously dark meat. There's more fat. There's a little more flavor there. What's your take for breasts for folks in like 30 seconds? If you've got somebody that's just, uh, I only want the white meat. I don't want a bone in thigh or a leg. What's a what's a couple of good tips for a breast? I'm cooking for the jack. We got to turn in white meat. So it's on the front of my mind right now. Uh, number one rule, do not overcook it. Buy yourself a good thermopen. Okay, get yourself a really good one that the, the only the tip is the sensitive part of it. And when you're cooking that, uh, the finishing temperature for chicken is 165. You can actually pull that chicken at 160. Okay, keep that thermal pin in there and watch the carryover take it to the 165 finishing mark. You want it to be done at 165. If you pull it off at 165, carryover temperature is going to cook that while it's resting to about 171, 172, depending upon the size and how high yep. you were cooking it. And a perfect so, cut will. Thank you so much, Childs. Coming up, we are going to be talking with Todd about lions and tigers and bears. Oh, no, no, I mean mops, bases, and sprays right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Check out Barbecue Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build the grill. Welcome back to Todd and Andy here on Barbecue Radio Network. This segment is brought to you by Holstein Manufacturing. Check them out at HolsteinMFG.com. They have NSF certified cookers and grills. And of course, my favorite, the corn roasters. Todd was up in Iowa and gosh darn it, he didn't even stop and pick one up for I me. I was really, I bet I was within 20 miles of Holstein. I should have just snuck in there, hooked one up and... Brought it back for well, you. Well, I, I don't know about that. You might have just uh, well, called and said, hey, Mr. Schmidt, could I Yeah, maybe? I probably could have asked. That, yeah. yeah, that's probably what I would do. Uh, oh, I mean, I, it I'm would be s- funny, though, to see the Iowa State Patrol <laughs> chasing a corn roaster. Chasing a corn roaster. I'm, I'm the way. one who's going to get the phone call. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, Darren. He must have misunderstood when you were on the show last. Yeah, but well, it's corn season in Iowa, so. There you go. And don't forget, they also have mobile event and catering rigs as well. So check them out at Holstein MF g.com and you know we just had Childs on what a i love talking with guys that are so dialed in because even though he's cooking in the backyard and he's telling us hey here's what i'm doing with chicken in the backyard 
you know, he's so dialed into his competition cooks that all of those um, skills or or processes make their way back to the backyard and you cook better food every time when you do that. So you notice he's cooking it in a pan, he's braising, he's taking it to that 195 to 200, foil wrapping that pan so that the skin is nice and soft and bite through and you get a great texture. And he, you can do that on a Thursday night at home and it's almost autopilot when you just kind of follow those steps. But what was your, I mean, what's your favorite yeah, takeaway? I, I love that you said dialed in because that's exactly, you could just tell he was really dialed into his process and practicing all the time. And that's, that's what you have to do. You just have to cook all the time. But, and, and I don't know if people understood that when he's talking about braising, he's putting like butter or squeeze margarine or something in that pan with the chicken. And, and stock and, and yeah, all kinds of different things. And so at the end, you've got all the natural juices from the chicken. You've got the butter or, or the margarine. You've got maybe some chicken stock or some bouillon or whatever you're putting in there. And he was talking about like eating it with rice. And I thought, man, that would make a great risotto base. Oh, man. Um, or take some mushrooms and toss in there and reduce those down after you're done. Like, you could do a lot with that. And he talked about how, you know, growing up, he didn't throw anything away. So there you go. Make use of that and have a great side to go with your chicken on Thursday night. And, you know, you can do all of that on the grill. So you can take your cast iron skillet or even a small Dutch oven and you start to toast that, just set it in the cooker while you're finishing your chicken. You can toast that rice off and then you just start pouring that liquid in and letting it, it soak up, letting it soak up. And it would, it's a perfect environment to make a great risotto and you're not heating up the house. All the heat's staying outside, but same if with the mushroom idea, you're going to just double down and get that awesome uh, you know, umami flavor and the mushrooms are going to soak up all of that chicken goodness and, and you're going to have that fat that's reduced down. But you can do that on the pit right next to yep. what you're already cooking yeah. out there. You just put the pan on the pit and off you go. You've got two awesome sides and, you know, talk about using everything. I'll even take all my extra trim skin because you get those mm-hmm. flaps of skin you peel off. I'll throw those on the grate and let them crisp up. And throw a little bit of Plowboy's Yardbird rub on them. And make a little chicken chicharrones. And make chicken chicharrones. That's exactly (laughs) right. And then you're just sitting there eating chicken chips. Snacking on chicken. That's right. Chicken chips. Chicken chips. There you go. To me, it's like an awesome way to uh, use all of it. And I'm doing all the cooking outside. And, you know, a a nice little cold, icy beer with a, a chicken chip that you're crunching you on go. while you're finishing dinner uh you can't beat Hurry that up, let's get out of the studio and go cook something yeah, all right, let's let's go do go. That. well it's time now for our all things barbecue product spotlight uh their website is atbbq.com all things barbecue has all the tools and accessories you need to take your barbecue to the next level you'll have your neighbors jumping up the fence to come get a taste so get fired up and get the supplies to do it all at atbbq.com so todd what do you got to share with us from a product this week? Well, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit later about uh, mops and base. And so I thought, well, we need to have something to put that on with, to mop it with. Oh, absolutely. And so I've got, I've got kind of the, the newfangled mop. So the, the, so I don't need to go get an O-seater out of the closet. <laughs> no, you don't have to. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, a good ringer mop works really well for you. Uh, but, 
you know the the little uh, mops would be you know just little versions of your of your floor mop right the, yep. the you know and but Which they're are a pain. they're hard to clean you it's almost like a one use kind of a thing but there are now these silicone mops that can twist off the the mop head throw it in your dishwasher clean it up wash it by hand whatever so all things barbecue has what's called the outset which is the brand outset silicone sauce mop outset silicone sauce mop and it's normally $17.99 which is a little steep for a mop but you're going to be able to use it multiple times it's actually on sale for $12.99 right now on their website so the outset silicone sauce mop so there you go go pick one up for $12.99 and kind of the cool thing about the silicone mops and, and I actually have that mop I have that exact mop it's got these knobs on it that actually grab the sauce. So when you dip it in the sauce, the knobs kind of hold the sauce back so that you get enough on that silicone to brush it in. Yeah, it actually, it does work. Yeah, it works. Um, and, you know, we we were talking and, and, you know, we mentioned with Childs just a little bit ago about, you know, building that braise for the chicken, um, mopping a product and having that, the, the cotton mops, like you said, they're just, you never really get them clean. So it's a great idea to have that. But let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about some mops and versus sauces versus basting. And sure. I mean Yeah. So, you know, when I first started when I first started cooking, I had a little crappy little Brinkman like you oh, know, yeah. little bullet kind of thing. Probably cost me sixty dollars. Open bottom. To, yeah, open bottom. Um and so I did a pork butt. I, I remember my first pork butt, and I, I did it on that little little bullet grill. Um, and I had seen, or I had found in Stephen Reichland's, one of his books, probably yep. Barbecue Bible, a, uh, a pork like vinegar type mop. And so I made that and used it. And so the idea of a mop is uh, it can be, or a base can be, can be a couple of things it can be adding flavors as it's cooking and those flavors um, add to the millard process as it's creating bark and caramelizing it also um so it's adding flavor it's re- helping retain moisture in that product and particularly like with ribs the reason we spray or mop or baste ribs a lot of it is reducing the surface temperature of that rack of ribs or that pork butt so that it's cooking a little more evenly you're not getting the outside which is more exposed to the heat cooking a lot faster you're evening that out so the inside the center of that cut is kind of approaching its finished temperature a little bit closer to the outside absolutely because what's happening is you're getting evaporative uh, cooling as an effect on the meat so as soon as you spritz it or spray it it's just like when you have sweat on your arm as the air in the cooker's moving past that and the liquid evaporates, you know, in, in the air, your arm starts to cool off. Right. The sweat is cooling you. So the same thing's happening when you cook. That spritz is essentially stopping the exterior from cooking until it can evaporate again. And it's helping equalize that cooking process. hundred yep. percent. And so you're going to retain a moisture product just because of that cooling of the surface it's like you know at a festival when you walk by the misters and you're like oh that felt really good well you just reduced your surface temperature yeah that's right and the other point that you brought up which is really uh, valid for me is 
as you're spritzing, especially if you've got some sugars in that, like an apple juice or something as part of it, that is adding that sugar to the surface. And as it evaporates and starts to cook again, those are caramelizing and creating flavor in your bark. So some of the things that you might want to look for in your spritz or in your mop would be an acid. Um, it could be apple cider vinegar. It could be white vinegar. I would tend to go with apple cider. Uh, it could be a red wine vinegar is really, really good. Um, so you want to add a little acid, a little bit of sugar. It could be apple juice. It could be peach juice, uh, anything like that. Add a little bit of sugar. You got to be careful, though, with the sugar or you'll start to get you know it burning a little bit. But um, those are some really great bases for a spritz. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to thank Childs Cridlin again for being on the show. Uh, follow him on Instagram at, at Childs Cridlin. It's C H I L E S C R I D L I N. And don't forget to head on over to ATBBQ.com, pick up our product of the month, Smoke on Wheels Barbecue Marinade. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. For T Bone, Todd, and myself, we will keep the pits lit until next time here on Barbecue Radio Network. What is it with you yanks and your barbecues? Try haggis. Sheep's heart, liver, and lungs packed into the sheep's stomach and then boiled. Delicious. 